Hi everyone, and welcome back to I Talk Too Much, the podcast where I do just that. Hosted by me, Mallory Thompson. Today's topic is going to be a conversation with my friend Lauren. In this episode, we talked about self-love, dating in the modern age, and how romance is portrayed on reality television. And we also told a couple fun stories about our dating experience when it comes to online dating. We sat down for about two and a half hours and filmed a really, really cool episode. I'm going to be condensing it for listening purposes, but I'm excited to have the chance to sit down with Lauren and discuss. We've been wanting to do something like this for a really long time, so I'm happy that we had the chance to do so while in self-isolation. Before we get started with today's episode, I just wanted to make a note that this episode was filmed via Skype because we are all currently in self-isolation, so if the audio sounds choppy at all, I apologize for that. I'm going to do my best in post-production to edit, but I just wanted to make a note of that before we started, just in case anyone was wondering. And lastly, before we get started, I wanted to include this little blooper of the beginning of our conversation where I forgot the title of the podcast. I thought it was funny, and this is the candid moment I strive to do, so enjoy that. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of... <laughs> what the fuck's my podcast? <laughs> does your podcast have a name? It does. Yeah, okay. okay. It's called I Talk Too Much. Okay. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Talk Too Much, the podcast where I do just that. I'm your host, Mallory Thompson, and today I'm joined with another guest. This is Lauren. Lauren and I are going to be talking about modern dating and self-love and a variety of topics, and more importantly, how we're surviving through the pandemic that is COVID-19. I know that nobody really wants to hear that word anymore, but we're both making the most of it while social distancing and recording a Skype podcast. So everybody say hi to Lauren. Hello, this is my first time ever being on a podcast, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Actually, I didn't even know that. Yep, first time. I've never I'm been so on a podcast before, but I love to talk, so it should I'm work. <laughs> Maybe after this, we will all inspire Lauren to make a podcast of her own. Oh my gosh, I would have to get the equipment, but I would be so down. <laughs> you have to. I record everything on my Mac. Oh, perfect. You really just... sit, record on your Mac. I edit in GarageBand. It's like the do-it-yourself podcast. Ooh, okay. Maybe I'll have to do that then. <laughs> okay, so let's start with the question. So first off, with all the uncertainty in the world right now, how are you keeping positive and how are you doing yourself? I know we talk a lot, but what are you up to? How are you doing? Yeah, I'm I'm doing all right. I'm um I mean the most easy way I think for me to keep positive is to focus on less on the far future like you know I was saying yesterday to a couple friends if we were sitting here and thinking to ourselves oh we're still going to be in this exact same place in 10 months or in eight months or however long that's a really scary thought and for the most part people are not going to feel like like my instinct when I think something like that is no 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 I'm not doing that like there's no way in hell that I'm staying in my house for 10 months um but if you look at it day by day you know you go just each day focusing on what's going on maybe each week planning things that kind of thing it is possible to do whatever needs to be done in terms of keeping people safe so I've just been trying to self-isolate as much as I can um I let myself go out once a day for a walk uh, where I just try to avoid everyone and just the main ways I've been staying positive are trying to integrate social interaction into kind of an isolated world so I've been you know scheduling FaceTimes texting with like you and other friends and um trying to make sure that my day is still a bit structured so I still do like a variety of different activities like little exercise things or 
watering yep. my plants and reading and yeah, but I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Honestly, yeah, I think the most important thing, like you were saying, is structure. I have been telling all my friends this, but I force myself to like wear a different outfit every single day. And I force myself to get ready and like wash my face and do like everything that I would get to get ready on a normal day. Eat breakfast in front of, I have a huge window downstairs. So I like to people watch what's going on. And I've noticed a lot of less cars because I'm on a very active street, but it's, it's so interesting to see that. And I was on a podcast the other day uh, and they asked me, what am I doing that's consistent? And I said, watching the prime minister. (laughs) (laughs) And today is the first day done it in like two weeks because every single day at 11 he comes on and addresses the country usually 11 15 and I've just been watching the news and I comment every single day how one of the news ladies has the best hair she every <laughs> single day comes to slay her name is like Vassie Capello I think I can yeah I know I know of, I can picture it <laughs> it's good from, hair. from politics and like she comes to slay like every single day this girl has like the best hair I don't know if she like professionally does it or like what happens but like she is here for everything and I just I appreciate the effort that she puts in every single day we stand I love that the little things at this time I think that's yeah like appreciate I always say appreciate the small successes and seeing like yes I accomplish one thing per day like if I can get through my giant to-do list like I think I'm fine um Mm -hmm. I forget that this is audio and not video I'm so used to this is this is this product. Or, hey, look at this thing. I yeah. Just threw my notebook in the air and showed everybody my to-do list. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. Yeah, you saw it. That's what matters. Um, and I can vouch for Mallory having a to-do list. I saw it. <laughs> I promise. Mallory's keeping herself accounted. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you doing to keep busy? I know you were saying reading. You're going for walks. Are you doing anything else? Yeah, I'm trying to um, pick a couple projects to focus on. So, like, I've been designing a tarot deck now for years, and I'm finally getting back into that because I can't use not having time as an excuse anymore. Right. Um, and I've been... Oh, I started watching a couple, uh, like, uh, what am I trying to say, like, movie series. So I'm watching all the Indiana Jones movies right now, and I'm going to watch all the Pirates of the Caribbeans. And I'm trying to watch, like, a lot of classic movies as well, So I, or, like, big kind of just important movies in the, in the film genre in general. So I watched, like, Seven the other day. Um, some David Fincher stuff. So yeah, I'm honestly just trying to vary it as much as possible. I do have a to-do list that involves things like cleaning my closet, but somehow I still manage to procrastinate even though I have no time. So, or I have all the time in the world, but nothing to do. (laughs) I'm recording this from my room and I keep looking back at like my gigantic pile of laundry and I'm like, do I really have to do that? Like I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I totally, I totally know that feeling. It's like there are things that you should theoretically do just that are more like tasks instead of entertainment things but it's so easy to just put them off because yeah you can just spend all day on youtube or on tiktok or whatever instagram tiktok has been taking over my life i was telling one of my friends that i'm making a consistent like you know the the hobo johnson song peach scone yeah so it's like hi how are you how's your life some girl made a cover of it and every single day i'm taking a video of myself saying one of the lyrics Oh, I love that. Um, and I keep forgetting to do it, so some days I have yeah. to like, do it twice. But I'm going to try to um, use this as like a self-isolation period to make that TikTok. And so it'll yeah. be like, hey, what's your name? How are you? How's your life? And so I have um, like three or four days of it right now. So hopefully by the end of the quarantine, I'll have like a full TikTok. As I'm editing this, that TikTok has now gone live. So if you're interested in checking out any of my TikToks, 
My username is supmallory, S-U-P-M-A-L-L-O-R-Y. Okay, back to the podcast. That's awesome. I'm doing a kind of a similar thing, except for not on TikTok. I'm like doing a little vlog every day. Like I'm filming myself for about three to four minutes. It's actually quite a long time. Uh, I'm just talking about like the day, what's going on, if there's been any news about, you know, quarantining, isolating, what's going on with COVID. I generally like chat about it and I'm going to compile them all at the end and I'm definitely not going to post it anywhere. Um, I I just like the idea of, you know, this is such a unique time period for everyone. Obviously, it's horrible. Like, none of this is really a positive thing. But trying to kind of see the upsides of it, if possible. And I I do want to have kind of a document of it at the end. So I'm similar situation in terms of doing something every day. Consistency is key. (laughs) I've been tracking my water with this little app I have on my phone. I think I showed you the plant, Amy, one. Yeah. You, like, grow this plant. So I started growing a cactus. So I can show you, but nobody else will see this. But move it this way a little. Okay, so guys, just to describe it for you, it's a little cactus. <laughs> Basically, I've been using this app called Plant Nanny because I'm super bad at drinking water. So every single day, I fill out how much water I've drank. Currently, I've drank in like a little bit, but that's it. So you basically fill it up with the water you're drinking, and say I finish one water bottle. That I now need to drink seven more of the 550 milliliters of water that I'm drinking every day. It's a good way to keep yourself accountable. I realize that my swell bottle has like 550 milliliters. So like every time I finish one, that's like one I can add to my water drinking. So if it's something that's like consistent, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I think it's good to have consistency right now. Definitely, because every day is different. And I started an e-learning course because I want to keep myself accountable. I might start. I found out there's um, a whole bunch of universities in the U.S. that are like all the top universities are posting free courses that you can do. So there's one for CompSci from Harvard University. You do for 10 weeks and then you pay $90 to get a certificate. And then you like completed a CompSci course for Harvard. That's really cool. Yeah, it's on like courses.com. I found it through my my friend posted it on LinkedIn. So I might do one of those coding courses. I think that's so cool. I think that's such an interesting like initiative on their part. Yeah, it's really cool because it's like two to three hours a day that you could spend like working on a course. And it's now's the time to do schooling because everything's online. So, mm-hmm. okay. So my next question is, are you keeping up with the news? How do you stay informed? And what about what info is accurate and what info is not accurate? Because I know there's a lot of inaccurate social media news. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I I think for me, I I don't know. I think a lot of people that I know kind of like keep the TV on on CNN all day and just constantly listen to the news. And I don't think for me that's really beneficial because it just it's so there's so much fear mongering right now. It, it just does nothing to nothing positive to me. Like it's all just negative. And the only thing they're talking about really is death counts, like going over death counts and infection counts. And it's all very bad right now. So I've been keeping up with the news by essentially in the morning I wake up and I will either watch, as you said, like Justin Trudeau's address, uh, or I'll like basically try to find out what the major things are that they've announced this day. And then for the rest of the day, I don't look at the news at all. 
Like I completely tap out. Um, I'm still on social media, so I'm still seeing, and I do enjoy seeing some of the inform, like actually informative posts on social yeah. media, but there is a lot of misinformation. So anytime I see something, I'm not sure if it's real or not. I'm not sure what the facts are. I try to research, research it from a variety of sources yeah. so that I can get kind of like you know, obviously every piece of media that you take in is biased, not purposefully always, but always it is biased. And so yeah. um, I try to just go with a bunch of different sources if I'm not sure if something's true. Because um, there are a lot of like rumors going around that are fear, like there's a hospital here in Vancouver and there's a rumor going around that the other day there were a thousand new patients, uh, which is very false. And yeah. some of my family members are doctors and we had a family FaceTime the other day and my like mom told them about this rumor that she had heard and they were like aghast at this, you know? So there are certain things, obviously. So obviously also taking things from reputable sources, like looking for anything coming directly from doctors, for example, I will value probably more than anything coming from like Fox news or like, there's a lot of sources that I might not, you know, value their opinion a lot. You and I both studied journalism through like MIT at Western and a big, uh, kind of takeaway that I got from that was just understanding that literally no piece of media that you can ever consume is not leaning or biased in some way because you like the person that is creating it is inherently biasing it even if they're trying really hard to be objective through their personal experiences through their personal opinions and it's hard on top of that with news media because as you said the primary objective of news media is not telling the news it's making money yeah. just as any other company and so like they are unfortunately yeah and we have a situation right now where the news that's being reported if you aren't creating like clickbait type news yeah. or big headline news then you're automatic it's kind of like doping at the olympics like yeah. everyone needs to do it because if you don't then you're behind yeah, so my next question, now on like a lighter note, um, do you have any favorite songs, playlists, or artists that you've gotten into or frequently listened to? I've been calling them the quarantunes. <laughs> um, yes, I mean, my, I always, this is my like, you know, key phrase every time anyone asks me, yeah. kind of <laughs> related to the subject of this podcast, anytime I'm on a dating app and some, you know, in the past couple or however many years and someone has asked me what kind of music I listen to, I always say that the three genres that I listen to are musicals, Celtic and oldies. Those are the three main genres. But right now I've been listening to, um, I've been listening to a lot of country because I line dance. And so, yeah, so I've started, um, listening to you know all of the songs that I've learned line dances to I'll just listen to them and try to practice a little bit so I've been listening to a lot of country <laughs> my currently listening playlist is mostly country yeah. and then um I've also been listening to uh Newsies a lot like the soundtrack for Newsies the musical um because I watched the live action original Broadway cast performance for the first time uh and I you know you know I go through I don't know about you but when I get I'm big into musicals and every time yeah. it's just like I'll completely soak myself in one musical and just saturate myself with it completely like I'll listen to the entire soundtrack like 800 times I I'll watch it you know just complete yeah so I've been listening to the Newsies soundtrack a lot um and I've also been listening to the soundtrack of this musical uh called The Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals which is by a team called Starkid who 
if anyone listening has heard of it, they probably have heard of it because of a Harry Potter musical, which uh-huh. is theirs. Um, so it's like okay. a theater. Darren Chris was the original like headliner for. They were a college, a group of college friends. Anyway, I've been listening to the soundtrack for That's for fun. one of their musicals a lot lately. So yeah, mostly musicals in country. <laughs> funnily enough, I yeah. actually one of the. Um, so I've been listening to. I don't know if you've ever heard of Love or Love. I think I have. L-A-U-V. I'd never know how to say his name right. Um, he has a new album called How I'm Feeling. And there's a song called Modern Loneliness, which is what kind of prompted me into this kind of discussion. Because it's like modern loneliness and like how people are like apart but not together. And how like he doesn't want to reach out to his friends because he's lonely. And how we have to reach out to people kind of. And it just like kind of prompted me to like, wow, I should talk about this in a podcast. Like modern loneliness and modern dating and how people have this concept of being lonely. So at this point in the podcast, we switched gears a little bit to start talking about television. I kind of edited this a little bit, so I just wanted to make it consistent. So, yeah. I started The Pharmacist, but I haven't gotten through it. And he's on Netflix? Uh, these are all on Netflix, yeah. Oh, I was watching, I just finished Encore on Disney+. Okay. Plus which is a really great show where they reunite like people that performed musicals together in high school and they have to perform oh, it again in five it. days. Yeah. yeah, it's really, really good. I highly recommend it. And then I'm not, yeah, I wouldn't say that I'm, oh, I finished The Circle recently. How did you like um, I, I really, so I, yeah, I, I loved The Circle. I felt that it was very, um, I don't know. I, it was very entertaining to watch, and it was very good escapist TV, which, like, I am I love reality TV. Yeah. Um, but The Circle in particular, it was just so easy to watch, and I love, like, I love Sammy and Joey. I love so them. I was just watching the whole, like, any, there, and there were lots of people on the show that, I don't know, I found it very you entertaining, that's what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah, I love Shuby, yeah. I like Shuby. I didn't like Sean as much because I thought that her being a body positive role model, she should have been true to herself. Mm. And I really struggled with that as someone who is plus size as well. Um, yeah. I think I really struggled with that. And I was like, if you literally would have been true to yourself, like I think she could have won it. Well, it's um, funny because some of them went on the show with these reasons. Like everyone who catfished had a reason for catfishing, but half of the reasons were really strange to me and it seemed like they just wanted to catfish i also just Seaburn. Like, mm. i hated that fact that rebecca made it so far because like spoiler alert for anyone watching it like mm. honestly like so many times it was not believable and they couldn't oh my god he was so bad he was so During bad the, convers- the conversation about periods when he said like it really hurt he was like oh my gosh what was it he was like my left side really starts to hurt and all the women were like hello Rebecca what does this mean are you okay like no it was so bad it was horrible and, and then I when she would talk to guys yeah exactly it was yeah it, she would I talk to hilarious. guys like almost like a like a robot yeah <laughs> literally everything it was like yes I too think that I, I I think that I am opening up to you like literally it was crazy Kirby was like oh my god I love Rebecca <laughs> I was like, yeah I know I actually liked Seaburn um like I liked him a lot but the whole time I was watching I was thinking man this portrayal of Rebecca is how are people not questioning this honestly that show is crazy if anyone uh who's listening hasn't seen it uh, it is the show that I most recently binge watched. I usually don't binge a lot of shows, but like I was addicted to the circle. I 
want to be in the circle. I think I could be really well at the circle. They We're all in the circle right now. <laughs> and I think it's crazy. And I think, honestly, like, it's just insane. And the fact yeah. that they, the producers have to time where they are specifically so they don't ever meet, I think is crazy. Like, the yeah. whole little rooftop patio or, like, the gym. Honestly, it's like a period of self-isolation. <laughs> it literally is. And there's a Circle Brazil. There's a bunch of other circles. This is ba- the Circle is based on a UK, like a British show version yeah. of the Circle. And now there's a Brazil one, so I'm gonna watch that for sure. But <laughs> the US one was actually like filmed in the UK too. You yeah, can, I heard that. You can tell. It's supposed to look like Chicago or something. I thought it was like Chicago, or I thought it was Texas. That was like Dallas. Um, but then I realized it's the UK because of the plugs. Yeah. Oh, good point. Yeah, because I saw that on Twitter. I was like, where is this filmed? And people are like, you can see the plugs that are different. Mm-hmm. Um, so continuing on. And this is this is a fun question for me as well. So are there any activities that you've reintroduced since having the time to do so? So mine, I said, is Webkin's. Hand oh, <laughs> I used to go on Club Penguin all the time. Like, I'm not talking about when I was a kid. Like, I was on Club Penguin, like, six, seven years ago, just like, browsing walking around trying to remember um yeah what have I reintroduced I mean uh definitely as I was saying like tarot stuff because as I was saying I was kind of using the time as an excuse not to use it so I've been actually reading tarot I've been doing like five dollar readings just you know as a some kind of means of income because obviously we are all unemployed right now but I would feel bad if I charge more than that like I'm not a professional tarot reader so I've just been I did one yesterday which is really fun and just via Skype or call or whatever text even if people want and so I started doing that just to practice with the deck more and then I've been working on that project which is kind of designing the cards based on the themes that I chose for the deck and what else have I reintroduced one of the things that I want to get back into like want to reintroduce to my schedule that I haven't yet is gaming because I got steam and I was in the summer I have three games going I've played literally not even a tenth of these games um what play like what game system do you have I just set up a ps3 so I have a ps3 chilling downstairs now so it's Steam, so it's lit- It's just like a PC, so it's on my computer. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a, yeah, and so I downloaded, I have three games, and um, all of them are very, I like narrative-based games, so yeah. I, like, I've watched playthroughs for years, but I never really gamed myself, and I decided in the summer to do it, and I've really been wanting to start up again now that I have the time, but I just keep, again, like, putting it off because it seems like such a time sink, and then, but I think yeah. I'd really enjoy it, so I want to get back in, I'm, um, playing uh, my favorite game ever, which is Telltale Games, rip, because they're done now, but yeah. Telltale Games, Wolf Among Us, and then I'm also playing Firewatch, and I don't know how to pronounce this last one, I think it's Man of Medan, Man of Medan, I don't know, which is a horror game, which isn't that good. <laughs> it's the unofficial sequel to Until Dawn, which is a- another one of my favorite games. Um, and they're all PC-based? They're all PC based because I don't have a yeah I have no gaming system. I my favorite game ever yeah. is a Wii game called Endless Ocean, <laughs> which is literally I played it. I didn't just play it when I was a kid. Like I've played it for years, and it's basically like you're a diver, and there's kind of like a mystery going on in this area that you're diving in in the tropics. And yeah, I won't get too much into it, but basically I'm just addicted to this scuba game, which is funny because I'm claustrophobic. And so I would never, like, I can't scuba dive myself because it makes, it freaks me out. The idea of like, you know, having to wait to like 
equalize as you're going up and everything so anyway but it's a very good game (laughs) that sounds so interesting I have a friend who's a diver so I think that's really cool yeah it's really fun I recommend it anyone who's listening go out get yourself endless ocean it's (laughs) really great speaking of actually the topic of this conversation or of this podcast I uh I, uh, one of my exes, when we started dating, yeah. he, who I'm, I'm still great friends with him today. Yeah. He, um, on our like, like third date or something, we were hanging out at his house and I was telling him about endless ocean and I was ranting about scuba diving yeah. and he just went on his Amazon and bought it. Like he's <laughs> like, okay, we're going to play it. And so on Valentine's day last year, we just literally got endless, like we were playing endless ocean. That was, that was my Valentine's love- So you can tell how much I love this game. Oh my God. <laughs> the fact that he like went out and got that effort, like to get it, you- it Literally, I was so impressed. I was like, wow, this guy actually cares about this game yeah. that I'm like this stupid Wii game. Game that I'm obsessed with. That's great. Like specific, like exclusive game. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I need to find the Wii that my dad has in his. I've I've told my dad. My dad moved to the states, and his garage is just full of everything he's moved with. And mm-hmm. I said, if he ever goes to his garage and finds the Wii, to send it to me, because <laughs> I really <laughs> want it. Because I just want to play Wii bowling again. Oh yeah. Classic. I used to play Wii tennis. I used to play Wii bowling. Oh, I had a craps game. Like I was so. I had Wii Fit for a while, which is such I a joke. <laughs> oh my god, the stepping on and off of the pad, like when they're like, you're overweight, like that that game literally called us fat like that game was like oh no you're overweight I saw it so get people wrong too like people that weighed like 90 pounds and it was like wrong <laughs> yeah I was like oh okay interesting okay. What a time. So, let's actually get into the topic of this podcast let's do it we've been classic as the name of the podcast goes we've really been talking we've been talking about a lot and I figured yeah the way this podcast started was I actually had to do it for a school assignment and they were teaching us how to make content. And they were like, make a podcast for your assignment. So yeah. I talked about my Febreze sponsorship <laughs> in a podcast. Absolute and queen. Then... Febreze scholarship. I love it. And so the Febreze sponsorship was my first podcast. And I caught, I was like, I need a name. And then someone was like, you talk a lot. And I was like, <laughs> and then I was like, I was listening to Coin. I really like this band called Coin. And they have a song called I Talk Too Much. And I was like, that's the name. That's the name. <laughs> Oh my gosh, what a good story though, a good origin story. Yeah, I think I need yeah. a good, like all my friends are like, I want to start a podcast, I'm like, you need a name, that's gonna be. Yeah, the name is the hardest part. I was gonna change, I was actually gonna change it to a candid conversation, because like all of these are candid conversations, but it's been taken, so I was like, no, we're gonna keep the name, it's fine. I like <laughs> um, the name. I, I think it's, it's good. Great. Yeah. yeah. I really okay, like but it. if we're me. diving into the topic, what do you want to talk about first? Um, I think we should go to the bottom half, because I yeah. think... You really like put them together, and I think that's a, a good way to kind of segue into it. So Lauren and I really like to talk about dating and our problems and yeah. we each other consistently about different things. So I figured that we both could have a really good candid conversation about dating, and we both despise like all the dating apps, but continue to use them. So mm-hmm. um, to be fair, I haven't had it in a year now, so go oh, me. <laughs> Not like having dating apps is a bad thing, and I'm sure in the self isolation, I will re-download it out of boredom. But uh, I do have a folder on my phone called LOL, or I sometimes change it to LOL or sometimes to regrets, and then it's like all hilarious, hilarious. Sit there, and I'm just like, oh, okay, it's fine. So I love that. And it's bad because, like, I was trying to take a picture of my phone the other day for this uh, blog post I have coming out, and then Bumble just, like, notified me that I'd gotten a match, and I was like... <laughs> Hello. That's so funny. Like, oh, God. And, and <laughs> I re- I keep realizing that it's, this is audio and not video. I just did the little shame... Uh, shame hand. 
The shame hand. <laughs> I call it the visor hand sometimes because it also just looks like people are wearing a visor. You know? Yeah. Hopefully people know what we're talking about. <laughs> I hope. We should just put that in the... I'll put the emoji of that in the description. Perfect. Yes, there so, we go. What dating apps are we... Like, what dating apps have you used? Have you liked? Do you not like? I know there's a whole bunch that are popular right now. I've mainly used Bumble, Tinder, and Hinge, and then that mm-hmm. other like, hey, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I so I've only used Tinder and Hinge. Wait, yeah. is that true? Yeah, I've never used Bumble, no. but I've heard, heard amazing things about it. Like, when I yeah. talk to people about Bumble, they rave about it. Yeah. So I've heard really good things. Um. I really like, I've heard very bad things about Hinge, but I really liked it. That's how I met the guy that I was just talking about, the Endless Ocean guy, who, great guy, we're still very good friends. Um, But I think, yeah, Tinder for me is really like a a huge love-hate thing. Like for me, it's like, if I'm going to get Tinder, like, okay, for example, right now, I haven't had a dating app in a year. If I get a dating app again, probably going to start with Tinder. That's how it goes for like, like a lot of people. Right? It's the classic. Like a but most- you have to wade through so much shit. You go yeah. on and there are going to be people who message you and they're going to say inappropriate things. They're going to say shitty things. They're yeah. going to be the most Sexual. boring people you've ever met. They're going to message you, hey, and then nothing else for like six months. Yeah. You know, and I... First time in two years, and I'm like, where did you go? Exactly, and I think like that's part of the reason that Tinder is is part of the huge reason that I have not yeah. been on dating apps because I just got I'm so exhausted by it, and I at this point in my life I've had so much you know I've had months now being single and I've really loved it and I feel like I've like truly have not missed dating <laughs> like to I mean obviously sometimes you get lonely sometimes you miss cuddling because sometimes you miss sex like whatever but yeah. generally like I've been so much happier and then I think about like because I've I've met several people like I've dated several people off of tinder and they've yeah. been great like I've met good people off of tinder I've met a good guy off like multiple good people off of hinge and so for me I think it's like I don't have anything against dating apps. I I was yeah. I'm kind of joking when I say that it's like an a, a, I should be recognized for not having it for a year. It's not like yeah. that's a huge thing. It I have nothing against people having them and I'm sure I'll have them again. I think it's just for me it takes up so much energy that I have to, oh you know, God, really flip. So and that's my general energy. opinion. Honestly, yeah. I What about you though? I've been on and off them. So I people think this is so funny. My roommate and I both got Tinder together in first year. Um, we were both, she was coming out of a really bad relationship. She was talking to a couple people on our floor, like the whole floor cess thing. If you've ever oh, been yeah. in a university dorm, you yeah. would know what that is, um, which Lauren has, and both of us know. Yeah, big mood. <laughs> heavily about this. So my roommate had come out of this really toxic relationship from back home and was like using university as like a way to like improve herself as what everybody does and like find yourself and kind of figure out what you want and so she and I both made tinder together and I was on it and I was swiping and I would talk to people and I would add them on snapchat and then it would eventually fizzle out and none of us would ever meet and I was talking to people who either lived in London went to Guelph went to like all these different universities but then we would never meet because they lived far away and I didn't know what I was doing and I would just talk to boys for like just like the practice of it honestly and then I went back to school. I went back home, I remember, in the summer. And I don't remember when I got Bumble or Hinge. I think Hinge was maybe in when I started university. Or no, when I started my postgrad, because we actually talked about it in the class one time. Because my prof was like, has anyone heard of Hinge? (laughs) Oh, my God, what class? 
it was my marketing seminar course. I had this like openly gay prof. He was the best. Um, his name is Danny and he was just so fun. And he was like, has anyone heard of Hinge? I heard about Hinge the other day. <laughs> and just randomly, we all kind of shared stories about Hinge and like if we've been on it. And it was just a very like open conversation. You could see like who was more open about dating. Mm-hmm. And up until I want to say last year, I had never met someone from Tinder um and then this kind of will go into like the weird stories we have about them um I was actually stalked from tinder mm-hmm. so definitely I, tell that story I, yeah I'll tell it um dad if you're listening this is probably the time to jump off the podcast if you are listening um I don't know if you want to hear the story if you do keep going just we're <laughs> not going to talk about it after so I was uh, talking to this boy he was from Burlington and he and I had a lot of mutual friends uh I started following him on Instagram I started following him on Snapchat and at the time I had the Snapchat map on and if you or anyone knows about the Snapchat map you know if you're talking to someone who you don't really know do not let them see you on the Snapchat map if you have it turned on yeah like do not (laughs) I say this as a complete warning so I work at a bookstore that's pretty known I work at Indigo, like I've talked about it before. There's two locations in Burlington where I live. There's one in a big mall, and then there's one in another plaza. So I was working at my job one day. It was the Christmas rush. I remember being on cash. He had seen my Snapchat map, I guess. And I'm in cash, like focusing on my job, and I see him peek out of the corner. And we had like we had FaceTimed and we had like chatted, so like I knew he was real. Um, he peeks out of the corner, looks at me at cash, like dead ass in my face, like waves and then runs away. And I'm just like, I completely break down. I freeze. And I'm at like the corner cash. I'm literally just like trying to like not have an anxiety attack. I remember feeling complete chills all across my body. And I was just like, oh my God. Yeah. Who is this man? And I, my coworker was like, you good? Like you fine? Like we have a rush. And I'm like, I need a second to breathe. And I talked to my manager. I'm like, hey, can I take my break now? Can I do this? Something just happened. Like, I'm fine. But, like, over the PA, like, all of my fucking coworkers can hear me. I'm like, can I go take my break now? And they're like, yeah. And I was like, okay, sweet. So I run to the back. I go grab my keys. And I, I text him. And I'm like, did you just come to my work? And he's like, yeah, like, I totally did. And then I was like, okay, are you still here? Because I wanted to get to the bottom of this. So I texted him and was like, you still here? Like, let's meet up. Because I needed to go get my lunch. So I was going to, I had like a half an hour break. So I was like, come to my work. And he's like, do I really have to? And I was like, you just did. Like, okay. So. Yeah, you have to own up to your weird stalking. (laughs) Sorry. It's up with me. And basically we get to talking and I don't want to be like, oh my God, you're creepy and weird because I don't want to be confrontational. And if you're ever with a stalker and you be confrontational, you that's not the that's not the move. So you act like everything's fine, you act like it's okay, and then if you ever get home, you block them instantly, whatever. So he basically If you ever get home. I like how you said this. You get home. You may never get home because they may kill you. <laughs> yeah, he may kill you. I was like, he's a serial like this is serial killer vibes. And I'm like, I I jokingly ask people on Tinder if they're serial killers, but like Oh, he, I do too. So back to my story, Um, because this is what we're here for. So not the random COVID-19 text I just got. (laughs) Topical, um, though. Yeah, topical, and everything changes hourly, as we were saying before. So Mm -hmm. basically, I say everything's fine, and he, I was like, how'd you know I was working? And he's like, 
Um, well, I come to the mall a lot to see if you're working because I, you know, I live in Burlington. Like, you know, I live close to here. Like I wanted to specifically come to the mall, but I actually like saw you on the Snapchat map and was like, maybe I'll just come by. And I reacted like, oh, that's nice. Cause I'm just like, I don't well, want to be- the thing is like up until that point, like if he had just, you know, been in the mall and seen yeah. you working and waved, maybe that would have been okay. You know what I yeah. mean? But this is a different story. Yeah. So up until the point out, he was just like, oh yeah, I'm coming to the mall. Just wanted to see if you were there. He's like, oh, I do it all the time to see if you're there. And I'm like, so he starts kind of going down a slippery slope and then he's like, oh, I kind of stalked you on the Snapchat map. Like I saw you were here and then I saw you were active. So I was like, oh, let's, let's come and see if she's there. And I immediately was like, Wow, great, awesome. So I have to go. Um, so Sorry, let's, bye. Let's do this again. And like, he's just like, yeah, we should meet up. And he's like, I realize like he's not the kind of person I want to date, and I'm I do not want to be associated with this guy ever again. So I go home, and I think everything's fine because I'm like, wow, that was kind of nice of him for coming to my work. And I don't realize. And then I start telling my friends like, oh, he's he told me he stalked me on the Snapchat map. And the one thing I will say is, I think we've all stalked people on the Snapchat map. I think we've all looked at them, looked at their location, seen where they are. But nobody. One of my does relationships that. ended because of the Snapchat map. We can well, just... not because I'll tell you about it. <laughs> so we all look at the Snapchat map, but nobody acts on it. And when you act on it, that's when you're creepy. Mm-hmm. Like Snapchat knows they're creepy and they know that they're creepy and there's boys I've seen on the snapchat map and I'm like oh lol do I just like go to where they are right now but I don't do it because I'm not I'm not a psycho bitch so Mm. when he starts doing that I was like oh my god so I texted my friends um Kelly like and Alexia and all of them because we were in a group chat at the time we still are and I said this guy just told me he stalked me on the snapchat map is that bad and they're just like what the fuck (laughs) yeah it is and so I start realizing like he's a psycho so I messaged him and was like this is not gonna work why did you stalk me and like I turn around into like crazy bitch mode basically and I'm just like what are you doing like why did you stalk me like I think that's really uncool so I'm gonna delete you I'm gonna block Mm -hmm. you now and he's just like I'm nice about it I'm just like I'm gonna block you because that's not and I tell him like this action is not cool and I'll tell you because he popped into my life again last year so I will Yes, they, they always update. So they always find a way. They always find a way to come back. So I blocked him on everything, um, except Instagram. I had unfollowed him on Instagram like two months prior because we had been talking for a couple weeks. Like, actually, no, not. I'm getting all my weeks and months uh, crushed. But basically, before we had met, I had unfollowed him on Instagram because I just didn't see this guy going anywhere. I didn't like what he was posting. I didn't give a shit, and I was already kind of done. And then when we met, it just kind of crossed the line. So. He didn't realize, and then he's like, wow, you unfollowed me on Instagram? Like, what the fuck? And so I, I had blocked him on everything. And then this is just so strange, and I just think it's the weirdest thing. I went to England last year. So this was in 2018 um, that we happened. This was around, like, December 2018. I went on a family trip to England in May of 2019, and I had gotten a new phone. And I don't know if sometimes if your phone, like I always have the same number, but I don't know if it keeps the blocks or whatever. Yeah. So I guess it didn't for him. And I wake up to, after my (laughs) 10 hour flight, I wake up to a text um, from an unknown number. And I'm just like, who is this? And he's like, like he says his name and I'm just like, oh, we're not doing this again. Yeah, bye. (laughs) I'm landing and I see this and I'm just like. I said literally I was like delete my number do not text me ever again and I blocked him and I'm like we're not doing this ever again but he works with my my cousin's girlfriend works at the Nike outlet and he works at the Nike outlet and I refuse to go there now because he still works there 
But yeah, yeah never... I wouldn't either. <laughs> my dad came to visit me um, and came to Burlington and was like, let's go to the Nike outlet. And I'm like, dad, we're, I'm not going in there. And I was like, dad, um, I have a stalker. Uh, <laughs> he works at the Nike outlet and I do not want to be confrontational. So I'm going to sit in the car. He's like, he's like, what does he look like? I'm like, I was like, dad, we're not going to have this conversation. We, you go buy what you want on the Nike outlet, come back and then tell me who the employee was who helped you and we'll, it, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. And the thing for me also with that story, every time you, I've heard it from you, it's like, there is a dynamic like between like women are socially conditioned to be like, to be afraid of men because like there's a danger there about how women are frequently treated by men. Yeah. And so the, the dynamic is very predatory. Like even if this guy just meant it nicely, like even if he meant like, Oh, I'm just going to go see her. Oh, I really like her. I want to see whatever, whatever he was thinking in his head. Yeah. it's not cool to make someone feel unsafe at their workplace. Like, it's not cool to do that. It's like, yeah, I, I could go I on about this forever, but like, I have mm. to be at my job. Like, I don't want to be. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you can't say no, you can't get away from him. You can't take space because he's coming to your workplace. He's coming into your space. If It would be a different story if he had texted you and said like, hey, I'm going to be near the mall today. Could I come visit you? And you said yes. Like, that would yeah. be a completely different story, but it obviously is not. Yeah. Speaking of that, wait, are you done with that or do you have yeah, more to I'm say? About it? I was going to say, I have yeah. a similar story. Not nearly as bad. Um, it was a one-time event, but I was, years and years and years ago, uh, I was working at a restaurant here in Vancouver uh, in Horseshoe Bay. It's like a fish and chips restaurant that everyone in Vancouver knows. And it's like a classic, like they'll hire, like they hire lots of high school students and like yeah. summer like students. Job, kind of, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I was working there and they have a takeout uh, window. And so sometimes I would work in takeout and that might be that I was cooking or that I was on till. Those are like the two yeah. jobs. And um, at the time I was talking to this guy on, I think, yeah, it must've been Tinder because I didn't get hinged until like fourth year university. So I only had Tinder for, I got it in first year like you did. And then I, yeah. So anyway, um, I think this was the summer after first year university. So yeah. it was like four years ago. And um I was talking to this guy and it was going okay. Like it was, let's call him uh, Steve. Yeah. I was talking to Steve just for the ease of the story, talking to Steve and um, you know, things were going okay, but I wasn't really feeling the like connection. You know what I mean? Like I was enjoying talking to him. He was really nice, really funny, yeah. but there was just something that wasn't matching up. And so I was still talking to him, but I wasn't really sure what to do. I wasn't sure. Yeah. I, I didn't realize yet that it wasn't fully there. I was kind of still okay. holding out hope. Yeah. The classic dating app thing to do. Figure it out. Yeah, and he worked at the ferry terminal, which yeah. is next door to Trolls. So or Trolls is the restaurant I worked at. Yeah. So it's next door to the restaurant I worked at, um, and or across the street, I guess. And I knew he worked there, and he knew that I worked at Trolls. But obviously, we didn't. You know, there was a there was more of an, a knowledge on both of our sides that it would be weird to just like show up. Yeah. But one day I was working in takeout and I was working, uh, it was kind of a, the weather wasn't great that day. It was raining and I was working, I was doing food. So I was cooking and, uh, the girl I was friends with who I was working with was on till. And all of a sudden I see Steve and he just shows up at the window and it's like a very small space in the takeout space. Like it's, yeah. you can't escape from anyone. Like you're in a yeah. very small space. He shows up and he looks at me and he's like, hey, and he's looking, he's not even ordering. Like the, yeah. my friend who's on till has no idea who this is. So she's just kind of like, okay, you but did. I knew who this is. And I was like, 
hey. And so I went to the front of the takeout area and I talked to him for like two minutes, nothing. It was just like, how's your day going or something? But I was really on edge because I was like, I don't know what to say. Like I'm, I didn't expect to see this. I had never seen him in person before and I wasn't planning on it. Like we had never been on a date. We weren't, we weren't even talking about that. We had just been talking. And so I have a very clear memory of, uh, after we chatted, I went back to cooking and my friend took his order. And after I had made whatever it was, uh, he had like wandered off as he was waiting for us to make his food. She said like, do you want to take a second? And I was like, yes. So she started cooking whatever he ordered. Yeah. And I literally ran to dish, which was like behind takeout. I like ran yeah. behind it. And I was like, my, my, we, I had several, I was really good friends with a lot of people who worked at that restaurant. And so several of the line cooks and several of the people in dish knew me and realized what was going on because like they asked and everyone was like cackling at this scenario because they were like, Oh, this guy. And I was like, I was 19 at the time. So I was like pretty young, like out of everyone that worked in like back of house, obviously a lot of line chefs are older than 19. Um, and so I just remember people making fun of me and I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know. And it wasn't, it wasn't really super, super negative because I wasn't scared and I didn't feel like I was being stalked at the time because I don't, I didn't really, it wasn't like he saw me on the Snapchat map or and like yeah. came over, but it was just like completely out of nowhere. And then, yeah. So it was just a time. It was you just another situation of a Tinder. Yeah, I was, I wasn't expecting it. And I think it's so interesting when you look at modern dating on dating apps like Tinder, that that kind of thing, because a lot of the time in the past before dating apps, like you'd meet people in person. So you wouldn't have a situation where you were talking to someone for a long time without having seen them. And then all of a sudden they could show up at your work. It's like Western. Like when I used to swipe at Western, I don't know if you've ever figured this out, but there was boys who I would talk to for a little while and then I'd see them on campus. And then we, when we stopped talking, I would continue to see them all over the place. One of my roommates in college specifically put her radius uh, yeah. far away from Western because she didn't want to match with anyone at Western because she didn't want to see them. No, because I literally would talk to this guy and things weren't really working out. And I didn't think it was one of those people on Bumble who was like, he's cute, but like, I don't really see it going anywhere. Um, and yeah. I realized like head on, like, we didn't have a lot in common. I was like, I don't really like this man. So I ghosted him. Um, yeah. I felt really bad about it because I've been ghosted and I've done it to people. And I just I feel bad every time it happens because you don't really get the why so speaking of ghosting I know yeah yeah, sorry continue your story first I just ghosted him and then I kept seeing him consistently over yeah and I was like great this is awesome yeah it's well I was gonna say another thing we wanted to talk about was ghosting so if you wanted to we can go into that a little bit I think it's like ghosted so many times I've been on both sides and I when I have been the person ghosting I've been really conflicted about it because I don't like the concept of ghosting someone so so I've only done it I think like once maybe but it's just such a weird it's such a weird phenomenon yeah it's like the way that I've seen it is like it leaves people it's bad when it's it's fine if it's someone who you just started talking to because it's like whatever because it's like they're not worth your time Mm -hmm. but if it's someone that you've invested time talking to and they just suddenly cut off all communication or block you or something like it's happened to me a couple times but like I always used to think it was my fault but at the same time it's usually like sometimes it's their fault sometimes it's just like maybe they didn't want to go into something but it's the fact that they don't reach out and tell you hey I don't see this going anywhere because I would appreciate that versus Mm. 
being blocked on something. I or totally agree. Social media, like no, it's just- it's not that hard. Like the one time that I ghosted someone, it was because I was getting really creepy messages from them. Like we yeah. had been chatting for a while, and then it just turned, and all of a sudden, it was really weird, and I was not enjoying it, and I didn't feel comfortable so I just and I was pretty young too I think I was like 20 yeah and so I just blocked them like and that was it and I didn't talk to them again but my like being on the other side of that as you said like both of us have been on the other side of being ghosted before and like the couple times it's happened to me like I just remember feeling like how hard is it to communicate like how hard is it to reach out and say hey you know what I really like you I'm I had a good time on our date or like I'm having a good time chatting with you I just don't think it's going to work out between us because of X, Y, and Z. Like, it's really not that hard. If you've talked to someone for more than three or four months, you owe them that. Yeah. I think you're a horrible person if you I don't just think, own up to like, something like that. It's I'm truly trying, like, just, it's not difficult. Like, that's what it is to me is it's, it's a level of respect. Like, it's like if you were seeing this person in person, you wouldn't be standing right across from each other, looking at each other and then just walk away without saying anything and be gone into the dust. Like, yeah. that doesn't happen. And so like not the Wild West where you go in both directions and you leave. Riding into the sunset in separate directions. I guess that would mean two sunsets. That doesn't make any sense. But yes, I don't know. I think I, I totally agree. I just don't think that ghosting is... I, I personally see it as like a little boy thing, like or a little girl thing, like or anyone. Like I see it as such an immature thing to yeah. do. It's such a like at this point. I mean, there's. I think that the key thing is there's a difference between ghosting and having to cut someone out of your life because they're toxic. Like yeah. there's a difference between those two things and that needs to be discussed. But ghosting itself, especially in terms of dating apps and people you meet off of them, yeah, it, I can't. I can't respect it anymore. Like I've. I truly. I've been saying, you've been hearing me say this a lot, and all my friends have been hearing me say this a lot, but my, my like, level of putting up with bullshit now is, it's really getting there. Like, I can't do it anymore. I can't deal with ghosting. I can't deal with immaturity. Like, I don't want to play games. I think that it's just, it's such a, like young guy young girl like like uh, I've been I've talked to so many people through all these dating apps that I I know what I don't want and I know that if someone's gonna make the time of day to talk to me and text me first and like not only want to like snapchat me I think that's like we're talking about dating in the age of social media like there are boys who will not text you they think Mm -hmm. oh I'm just gonna text her I don't want to text like I've given them my number and I'm like hey this is my number text me because it's a sign for let's get off snapchat yeah, but there's guys who I only talk to on Snapchat, or they don't text me because they're bad texters and they blame it on that. Yeah, and there's people who I've been like I've been ghosted by friends, which I think is the craziest thing. Oh, I I totally agree. I mean, I think it's interesting though because with um like everyone has different comfort for what they want. Like I have friends who don't want to text their like like they don't and that's fine that's fine for them like if they don't want to text their partner and their partner doesn't want to text and they'd rather call every so often or just not talk as much all power to you like everyone should do exactly what they need and try to find someone who can do that for you balance like but I totally exactly and I totally agree with you like for me I like to have communication and so it's it's just finding like reaching a level of okay well you know like for me, if someone was going to refuse to talk, to text me, like that to me says, okay, so you're not interested in 
Like, you don't want to talk to me. You don't want to get to know me. And like, I want someone like when I'm dating someone or when I'm talking to someone that I want to date, I get so excited about texting them. If they were to give me their number, I would be so excited. I would just want to talk to them, like want to hear about them and, and hear about the most boring things in their life. Like, I don't care. Tell me about your, like cleaning your toilet earlier. Like, I don't care, (laughs) you know? And yeah. If they're interested in the parts of your day, like I like to I like to consistently talk to people. I don't want to play games. I don't want to play hard to get. I have before. It'll drive people away. It has yeah. been the past for me and it's driven so many people away because I'm like, oh, if I don't text him, maybe he'll text me. Like it's if he doesn't want to text you, he doesn't want to text you. Yeah. And then I think that's important to keep in mind. Like if he doesn't want to text you, do like, you want to text him? Like, Are you consistently? I think it's interesting because like I know a lot of I keep seeing TikToks about this. I send them to you all the time. Lauren and I really like to send each other TikToks. Yeah. I do a lot I live of on TikToks. Always on TikTok. I had it when it was musically and then I never used it. And all of a sudden I looked at my phone one day and the there was like a black app with a T on it. And I was like, yeah. I don't remember downloading this. It was in my unused apps file. Yeah. And I was like, hello, who is she? And then I opened it and it was TikTok. And now I'm TikTok just changed the game, Honestly, and it, there's like TikTok dating. Um, but the only thing about it is like there's one thing I saw where it's like, if he Snapchats you, why do you wait 20 minutes to snap him back? Like, why does that matter? Like, why yeah. can't you excitedly open it after three seconds? Or why do you have to swipe away to look like you're not interested? Like, why we condition ourselves to do that? Especially girls. Like, I, there's times I've done it where I'm just like, I don't want to be, like, urgently waiting for their response. Yeah. Or in the middle of a conversation. But, like, I don't want to be the person who, like, waits specifically for 15 minutes to Snapchat someone back. Well, that is the thing about modern dating is that a lot of the time it's normalized to play these games. And it's just, I I don't know. I've never had the energy for it. I don't think that it's, it's so, it's so tiring for the person who's doing it. And for the other, like, there's so many mind games already. Why... Why add more? You know, like you're yeah. already probably nervous and social media trying to figure out how they feel for dating. I think I've realized I'm really, really active. Everybody who knows me knows I'm really super active on social media. I've made it my job. I've made it my career. I have started realizing that I don't want to give people my Instagram. I don't want to give mm-hmm. people anything other that can like show them into my life unless I'm ready to do that. And I started giving. Like, if someone's really interested in photography, I'll give them my photography Instagram. That's the one I'm yeah. not using much. I'll give them one that I don't really use. So yeah. they're not specifically seeing my whole life because I've annoyed the shit out of people by how much I post on Instagram. And I really need someone who, like, does not give a shit about the fact that I post on Instagram two to three times a week. Yeah. Like, well, do, do you feel like... Like, have you had people respond to you, like people that you're looking at from a romantic romantic perspective? Have you had people respond to you about you posting a lot? Yeah, um, I had this guy who I was talking to. Um, it was the guy I went on a date with, actually. So he told me that we had a conversation about my Twitter bio. He's like, you have too many things in your Twitter bio. And I was like, why does that matter to you? Like, why do Thanks you for policing me? He was like, your, your name is a mess. And I'm like, but I have. 2000 followers like lol um yeah but like, even if you didn't like even if you had two followers what's the problem like, with it matter. Like, why are you policing like, me about like, what i can put like, in my bio literally it was like you're the are you the bio police i was like yeah or do you care why do you was, i was like literally why do you care i was like his bio was like a it was something stupid and i was like well look at your bio your bio is not anything better and i like, just I, don't understand the focus on these things either it's like 
why would you decide to judge someone? There's so much judgment in the world already. Why would you decide to nitpick on something like that? I don't even know what my bio is on anything. <laughs> my bio on Instagram is Hey What's Up Hello because like it's from that song. It's like I'm like Hey What's Up Hello. Yeah. Okay, we have a mug. I'll show you. I'll show Lauren this. I have a mug yes. that says Hey What's Up Hello on it. I'm looking at it. It's real. I'm literally going to post on Instagram because that is my Instagram bio. But I've had people who I was talking to this one guy. And I still am, and I don't know if I should cut it off because he just unfollowed me on Instagram. Like, oh, it's so many politics. And we were going to go on a date. And he unfollowed me on Instagram. I'm like, what does that say? Like, not sure if I've said this before, but this audio is probably two weeks old right now. And as I'm editing this, I'm laughing at it now. That guy ghosted me. So if he unfollows you on Instagram, take that as a sign. Okay, back to the podcast. If someone... I get tired of psychoanalyzing this. Like, I always do that too, where I psychoanalyze the specifics. Honestly, like, my advice to you on that kind of thing, as you know, is literally, I would straight up just ask. I'd be like, are you interested in me? Like, what's what's the sitch? Because you don't know why he did something. Like, it's possible that he unfollowed you for a variety of reasons. Yeah. But the problem is when it gets so hard because everyone goes, like, it's so hard not to buy into the, like, what does this mean? Like, oh, they've done this thing on social media. Like, you must be uninterested in me, like, Mm -hmm. viral. Exactly. And it's so easy to get into those spirals because there's nothing to stop you. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking of, in terms of, like, this topic, um, did you want to talk about, I know you wanted to talk about labels a little bit, and that's kind of related to what you're saying. Yeah, because, like, I have never gotten to, so I'm someone who has refused relationships and refused, I've been asked out so many times on Tinder, on different dating apps, like, consistently in university, I was consistently asked out, people were like, let's do something, let's do something, and I have told so many people this, I refuse, and I reject every single person who comes into contact. Mm except for the last in 2020 I challenged myself to put myself out there and I had my first kiss at a new year's party in 20 when in 2018 um when 2019 was coming like that year and it was the stupidest thing it was like oh you've never been kissed before I'll just kiss you and it meant nothing to me and it was so meaningless and I like struggled with that and I like forced myself to reject everybody because I was like, I don't need this. I'm not ready for this. I'm focused on my career. I'm focused on, on my school. And like, I thrived in school because of that. But I've always been like, oh my God, I really want a boyfriend. I really want to do this. And then I've, I went on a couple dates with someone and I was like, I really can't see myself dating this person. I'm like, some people just want to, like, we're in a really weird stage right now in dating. I don't know if you've known this as you probably have, where people just want to like have sex with you and mm-hmm. eventually catch feelings and then come to a relationship but they want yeah. to be satisfied first and it's not I'm not saying that for everybody but a lot of the boys I've talked to have been like let's like have sex and like let's see where it goes and like maybe eventually we'll catch feelings and we can go on dates and stuff but like we're not going to be like exclusive yeah there's so many rules and it's like yeah yeah it's hard. And I think also it's hard because, you know, the the reason that that happens is because maybe they don't know what they want yet, or maybe they think they want something. And then they're like, oh, we'll see what happens, which is valid. Like you can say that. I think the problem comes when you try to be in open communication about it. Like, let's say you ask a question, like you say, okay, well, if this is what you want, like maybe it's something I want too, but what do you feel about this? Like what, yeah. you know, um, what are you going to tell people we are if someone asks or like, yeah. or do you want to go and date or like, you know, asking about the specifics of it, the problem comes right. when they don't want to talk about it. Like no, they're like, like, oh, we'll just see. We'll see how it goes. Like, like well, I'm not comfortable date. with that. Like I, I want to know what's happening. 
Like I told you, I was on a date with someone who we ran into a bunch of my old coworkers, and I'm just like, I didn't introduce him because I didn't want to take that step because we were on a first date, and I'm not going to be like, oh, this is my date, or this is my, because if I say friend, then I friend zoned him, and if I say date, then he might be like, oh, oh my god, no, we're not dating, like, so I let him introduce himself. And I think that's such a pervasive part of modern dating is that there is so many blurred lines and it is to the point where you don't have to have and in a way that's good there are a lot of people who don't want to have like a relationship with labels and if they're with people who want the same thing then obviously that's not a problem yeah I think the problem is when you have someone who is on a different page than you and then you're trying to make something work but it's very clearly not working because you're on different pages but you keep trying because it's so vague that you think maybe it'll work like maybe if you really like someone sometimes you forget those things and you're like maybe I'll like put myself in a position where I'm okay with this even if it's like you'll compromise your own wants because you like them and you kind of your love is blind yes (laughs) you're blinded by hey I I might like this person I want to see how it goes but if they're not interested in the same things I am I might try to force myself into that because I want to be with this person and I want to see where this goes but I don't think you should have to compromise your own want to be with someone I think that's a red flag and it and it's totally um aligns with like the concept of self-love like self-love in relation to relationships like you do need to prioritize yourself first to a certain extent and that's something I struggle with I struggle with putting myself first in a relationship or in a friendship or in anything but I think that it's so important that people focus on that and try to work on that because if you aren't putting yourself first at all then it's not gonna like so many things can happen in the relationship like you said you can compromise what you want what you're comfortable with you can start putting up with a relationship that is not super healthy or not like because you can convince yourself of anything because you're in the honeymoon phase like I was on a date with someone and he was showing a lot of red flags and I was like I really want to see where this goes like this is the first time I've dated someone I want to see how this goes and I was talking to you and I was talking to all my friends like there's some major red flags here that I really didn't I look back at now and I'm like, wow, like that's really bad. And I don't want someone who treats me like that. Like, And it is should... all a learning process. Like, don't feel yeah. bad about making those mistakes or whatever, because everyone does. But I never everyone... had that in high school. That's, mm-hmm. I think that's my Oh, point. everyone ignores red flags to a certain extent. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the fact that you're recognizing it now is great. Like, that's a huge, that's, a lot of people don't do that. Like, a lot of people don't even look back and think, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that next time. Like, a lot of people don't learn from their relationships. And the point of relationships is so that, you know, if a relationship doesn't work, there is, it's still beneficial from that because you've learned about yourself, you've learned about what you want, you've had someone that makes you feel special and important in your life. Like, there are, there are positives to that, too. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, So, I think the, the next one we should talk about, um, I think it'd be interesting to do, to do the TV show one. Do you want to okay. do that? Yeah. So Mallory and I have like, we were talking about the structure of the podcast and obviously it's her podcast. I've never yeah. been on a podcast, but we were saying, she was saying like, let's keep it pretty unstructured, which I totally agree with. So we just wrote down a couple ideas of what to talk yeah. about. And one of the things that we said we wanted to talk about was um, like representation of modern dating on television. Yeah. And let me say, I was really excited when you uh, proposed this topic because 
I am addicted to reality dating shows. And last wow. summer, I watched seven. And oh. I, like, all the seasons of seven shows. Oh and my. just absolute ridiculousness. Like, it's just, anyway. So I was really excited to talk about this because I wanted to say that, like, it's very interesting to see. And we don't have to just talk about reality TV. Yeah. But it's interesting to see in terms of reality TV how relationships are shown. Because obviously the, the stereotype behind reality TV is that most of the time, it's not good. Like it's not, it's or not, and I don't disagree with that. Yeah. But it's interesting to see how they're portrayed on, on different shows. So I wanted to, first of all, put that out, but what do you yeah. think about, uh, tell me what you think about like modern dating on TV. Lauren and I both love the bachelor. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll definitely get into that, but like, I love this. Like Lauren and I both have so many opinions about the bachelor, many. but there's that type of reality where they show it as, oh my God, the perfect romance and the most dramatic season yet and stuff like that. But then you there's won't like, believe what's going to happen in the finale this season. I, literally. And he treats it like Chris Harrison is my absolute favorite because he's paid to be a shit disturber. And I yeah. love that. Um, Which is the host of The Bachelor in case any of you don't know. <laughs> he's yeah. a great guy. He the thing his- about The Bachelor, I think that's funny in terms of modern romance is that it's complete fabrication. Oh, so 100%. like you never see people talking about like for example religion. Yeah. No one talks about religion. Actually, that's not true. They talk about religion because most of the people on the show are religious, but they only talk about it in a way that's like, my family and God are important to me. And, and then sometimes the and I'm a virgin and I'm saying yeah, exactly. That's the that's only the narrative. Only but they never talk about politics. No. And I think it's hilarious because my first thing I would do on the first night when I have 30 guys in front of me is say, okay, who's a Trump supporter? Uh, like, like who's <laughs> immediately bye. Like I'm not wasting my time on you. And it's funny because like people like Jed on Hannah's season get all or not Jed sorry people like uh oh my gosh no 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 the the villain of Hannah's season Luke P yeah Luke P yes sorry (laughs) couldn't hear you yes Luke okay so people like Luke P get all the way to the end of The Bachelor and he's clearly extremely conservative like he was like for anyone who doesn't know he was basically he got to the fantasy suite episode of the bachelor which every season of the bachelor there's fantasy suite where basically you get the opportunity to stay overnight with each other um and sex is heavily implied yes but it doesn't have to be um they imply it but it's like also taboo that they yes share about it if you want to or we had a magical night or something yeah but, but it, Luke gets to this point and Luke tells Hannah that if she has had sex with anyone else, it's going to be a problem for him. Yeah. And so she Religious. has to tell him that she has. And basically he just, he starts saying he's crazy. He sounds like a religious preacher from Texas yeah. in like the 1980s. Like he sounds, it's crazy. It's very like, it's a lot. And so he, I just. He turns on her. And he is completely like, turns on her. He's like. Yes, like he doesn't say that literally, but he was implying some he heavy implies stuff. She's basically a slut because she's chosen to explore the other relationship. She's like in love with the. There's like three people left on the show. It's Tyler Cameron, Peter, and then Luke P, and I think someone else. A Jed. Jed. There's four of them. So, yeah. and basically, she's gotten to the end, and then Luke P is like realizing well, I'm not the only relationship here, but I want to be, but you can't explore anything else because you can only be with me. And if you have explored anything with anything else, 
with anyone else like you are dead to me basically and it wasn't just like i will judge you it was also like you are impure like it was very jesus. deep and, like i love jesus and like yeah jesus, like, like and I, going all the way back to like the historical definitions of virginity and like the the like ownership of women and like the necess- necessity of virginity to marriage and like pureness versus being damaged goods like just all of these concepts that came out of nowhere and i if she had been able to like hannah is religious but if she had been able to ask him about his religious values earlier on in the show might have come out that he was a piece of I, shit probably wouldn't have gotten to part four or final four I was just about to say the same thing. I was like, I want to know here who's pro-life, who's a fan of Trump. What do we think of immigrants? What, like, I want to hear what everyone's opinions are. And I don't think that's unfair. Like, that's how I, when I had dating apps, that's how I would, I wouldn't, like, go at guys and be like, who do you follow in the conservative world? But, like, I would, like, try to gauge out these things about people because it is important to, like, have the same values. Political beliefs and someone's values and how they treat other people is very, very like important and if you're not asking those questions you will get blindsided and you could fall in love with someone who doesn't have the same beliefs as you and then it all falls apart the same basic beliefs yeah like it's okay to have different opinions and beliefs as people it's just there needs to be common ground at the base like it needs to be a foundation of the same morals basically and i understand that like i've like i've been in my mom and her boyfriend like they have different political beliefs and they argue about that but like they have the same beliefs in other places and it's always like a big fight every time there's an election but like it's Mm -hmm. okay to have your own political beliefs but like if you're preaching them on other people and you're making it an uncomfortable situation to where someone is judged for that belief i don't think it's fair because you're in a relationship you you're sometimes compromising your own feelings for the other person but there also has to be a level of both people compromising instead of there needs just to be a level of respect. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I was in my first relationship in high school, it was like a two and a half year relationship and it was long distance and he is American. Yeah. And so like, and his family definitely had different political beliefs than I did at the time. Not ridiculously different, but yeah. like different. And we would argue about politics, but it was always like respectful and you know when to drop it. And it wasn't like he was, like a Trump support. I mean, there was no, you know, Trump supporter type deal back in 2013 or whatever, but yeah, it was the same. Like there are ways to go about it where you can have a respectful conversation or even just have an argument and then resolve it and say, okay, well, you know, I still think that our basic, like we, you know, the basic values and the basic politics were the same. It was just on certain issues, but I think it's just, it's, I don't know. It's very interesting to see on shows like The Bachelor because it it becomes very evident that everything you're seeing is, it's reality. Like it is reality in that there's no line, like canned lines. However, there are certain canned words, like on The Bachelor, they're not allowed to say the word process. Yeah. Yeah. You know this. It's like, what is it? Like the. It's journey. Yeah. So if they say like, yeah, you know, this process has just been really hard for me, the producers will make them say it again with the word journey. So that's why you'll yeah. hear journey a lot in Bachelor. I don't know if everyone knows that, but I yeah, it's like things the Bachelorettes are not allowed to say, and I was like, oh, like you have to talk about it as a journey because it's it's a the, the path to your story. You can't talk about yeah. it this reality TV process where you're dating. 30 people and they never the one thing I think that they're a little blind by or they're not allowed to say is they're not allowed to be like well I'm dating someone who's dating 30 people like they yeah they don't say that they no, don't I, I don't think because they don't want to break the spell like they want the their whole their whole um 
image that they're trying to create is this perfect love, like romance. Yeah. And, and, but at the same time they're yeah, it's really interesting to see because there's also very interesting um, dialogues of monogamy on the show where everyone will say like, everyone will want to be monogamous with Peter, but it's not monogamous because he's dating 30 people. And so there is like, I do find sometimes that there's like polyamory shaming, like polygamy shaming. Like when there's certain situations in which basically they'll just like shit on anyone who wants to like have an open relationship. Like they'll basically say like, I don't understand. Like I just want to date him. And it's really hard for me to see other. And like, personally, I also prefer monogamous relationships. I joke all the time that I could go on the bachelor. But, like, at the same time, I would be so jealous. I'd probably become the person who'd be like, I don't like that he's spending this much time with this girl because I don't think he's spending enough time with me. And I'd probably become, like, a villain. Well, it's such a hard, like, situation to be in. Like, imagine being in that situation where you're actually falling in love with someone. You probably didn't think you were going to win the show. Like, you came on for whatever reason, and then you actually are falling in love. You you come in to get your fun, like... Your sugar bear hair. Like all of or your flat like, tummy tea. Ugh. Yeah, you you come in to get your FabFitFun subscription. You leave. You got some solid Instagram following, mm. but like, it's such a weird concept, and like all of us love it because I just love yeah. pra- trashy reality TV, and not that it's like horribly trashy, but like, I never used to watch it, and I started watching at JoJo season because I was just like, this looks fun. And then not the queen of the bachelor, but the queen of reality TV. <laughs> yeah. So I. Just, like, I started watching it, and I was like, this is wild, but, like, I really want to know what happens. Like, you get addicted to it. I personally, like, love The Bachelor in Paradise, though, because I love all the reads on The Bachelor. The editing on Bachelor, as someone who used to think I wanted to go into film and someone who's worked in film for a long time, the editing on Bachelor in Paradise, hilarious. The editors have so much fun. Like, I remember my favorite shot one time is a woman was talking about how much she misses her dog. Because the point of Bachelor in Paradise is that a bunch of rejects from past seasons go to a like a beach resort in Mexico and like can all date each other basically. And so this girl's talking about how much she misses her dog at night and she's like on her balcony and the editor superimposed her dog onto the moon and it starts yowling and it was so funny. Oh, they do the most hilarious things on that show. So I personally always recommend it over the bachelor to people. It's so funny because it's literally all of the people who didn't make it are now given the time to come meet each other, but they randomly will just like stir the pot by adding people who someone is. So they all know who's going, but they don't know what time or if, when they'll be introduced. So they set with like a cast at the beginning, but then people kind of just like drop in throughout the season. And so it'll always be like, Oh, I'm really interested in meeting Steve or whatever. And then they'll fall in love with Brian and then, Steve will come in and they'll be like, I don't what know. What do I do? Like, how do I feel? My heart feels torn in two different like, directions. Alien, that whole thing just like, yeah. that was wild for me. I find it funny with the Bachelor franchise because ever since I started really diving into other reality dating shows, I've realized how tame it is. Yeah. Like, even Bachelor in Paradise. Like, I started, my favorite reality dating show is Are You the One, which okay. is on MTV. All the seasons are on MTV other than season four for some reason, but you can watch them all on the website. And the concept is like, people are thrown into a house, they've been matched with their quote unquote perfect match by like relationship scientists and through like interviews with their families and interviews with their exes and whatever. And they all have to figure out who their match is on the show. And so each week there's like a matchup ceremony where you each sit with someone else that you think is your match and then you get a certain number of beams of light and that's how many correct couples are but you don't know which couples are correct and it's it's 
chaos. Like, there's a room for sex. There's literally a room every season where if you want to have sex with someone, you can go into that room. And there's a camera in it. Like, they are not showing anything ridiculously explicit, but, like, it's crazy. And people, there's, like, fights every single night. They do... um, they do parties and that kind of thing, like constantly. And people, yeah, write it down. It's very entertaining. Compared, it literally makes The Bachelor look like you're watching like a Christian show about the church. The way that these other shows, other than The Bachelor, portray modern relationships, is that a lot of the time they're more realistic. Like the point of "Are You the One?" Yeah. is that everyone on the show, theoretically, like the phrase that they use is like, "Oh, we suck at dating." Like, all of them theoretically suck at dating. And so the message, like, they bring on relationship counselors onto the show in later seasons and have them talk to the people. Or, like, for example, they'll say, like, a common thing that happens on the show is that people will initially attract people that are similar to their exes, like people that they seek out in terms of romantic relationships. And their actual match is someone that they didn't expect who's giving them what they need instead of what they want. And so there's, there's actual like conversations about this kind of thing on the show. And there's discourse about like the most recent season, season eight, they did a season with people who are all open to relation, romantic relationships with all genders. So like people who are pansexual, people who are bisexual, people who are just queer. And it was, so nice to watch because it was like they tackled issues of this like they talked about like I think there was issues of like there was a girl who was newly out basically who people were kind of treating like the baby gay and like kind of like devaluing her her like sexuality because she was new and worrying about whether or not it was just a phase and that kind of thing and it was they actually have narratives of this which they would never have on The Bachelor. It's all about the money like we always talk about this like all these shows are about money and I understand that. Speaking of money, sorry, go ahead. Do you think you win money for being on The Bachelor? You don't. In fact, you lose money because you have to give up your job because you're gone for three months. And some people have gone, like, I had to write, I don't know if you remember this, but in first year in MIT, we had to write a political economy essay where you had to pick a piece of media. I wrote mine on the... Yeah, I wrote mine on The Bachelor. Uh, So I learned a bunch of stuff. So a lot of people actually go into debt uh, because they, or like mortgage, like there's someone that mortgaged their house to go on The Bachelor because they knew that they were losing their job and they basically didn't have any, it was a lot. It was a, yeah, so you don't get any money. Um, Other than there's rumors that the people who are cast as basically the villains of the season are, um, or no, it's not money. It's that they get to stay on the show longer because they basically have a guarantee that like, they're not going to let the bachelor send you home immediately. They're going to, they're like a key plot point. I've noticed when it's like people who are the ones who are like stirring the drama, they're obviously not the person the bachelor wants to keep, but they're like the last rows all the time because of the fact that they keep them because of the drama. Exactly. Anyway, we should probably conclude, right? Because you have to... It's been two hours. Oh, my gosh. It's been... And you have to go do another podcast, and we've been talking a lot. But I'm... Like, the one thing I wanted to add, which we didn't really get to talk about, but I wanted to mention that, like, on the topic of self-love, like, we spent a lot of this podcast talking about how dating is in the modern world related to media, related to social media, related to news media, but... Like, in terms of, like, and we've touched on self-love, but the biggest thing... We can also do another podcast if this goes well, so... We can. I would love to. I think the biggest thing that I wanted to say is, like, no one really knows what they're doing. Like, be kind to others. Be kind to yourself. Like, understand that, you know, with modern dating, like, it is a minefield a lot of the time, but, like, you do... Like, it's something that everyone is going to get hurt. You know, being hurt is inevitable. But if you truly put your best self out there and if you truly just genuinely, like, my big thing is, like, just genuinely try to be kind to people Mm -hmm. and actually, and that 
and that kind of thing, it will lead to great relationships. And it also, it's okay to be single. I want people to hear that because I think nowadays there is this culture of feeling like if you're single, there's something wrong with you. And I don't think that that's super healthy either. No, 1000%. I think the whole synopsis of what Lauren and I are trying to come by here is you just need to be a good person and you need to understand that you're talking to people who have stories, who have lives, who have gone through different things in their life that have made them the way they are and figure out what you want, but also understand that you just need to be a good person. And if someone's not willing to open up to you or do something or they show a red flag, like understand what you want and I think that's just like be consistent about what you want, be consistent about your values. I'm probably gonna have to ask this because I feel like I'm talking in circles. No, but no, you're really not. These are separate points. Be a good person, have knowledge of what you want, but it's okay to also not know what you want and mm-hmm. be open to exploration. Totally. Um, for all of you who have stayed to the end, I hope that you enjoyed our little speech today. Our little talk. I had a lot of fun. This has been great. Um, yeah. I want to give you the chance to plug yourself so like what <laughs> social media like tell them to follow you oh oh my gosh okay um wow uh I guess okay my Instagram is lore forster l-a-u-r-f-o-r-s-t-e-r um if you want to follow me gotta be honest Thanks. might not allow someone to follow me if I don't know them <laughs> um but that's what that is uh yeah links will be somewhere I'm sure and then um yeah I'm writing um I have a website that I can link but most importantly I think like I don't really want to plug myself because I'm not big on no offense to anyone listening who doesn't know me but I'm not like I love to chat like if you ever need to talk to someone message me but I don't normally add people I don't know randomly on social media so the one thing I really want to plug is uh the CMHA Canadian Mental Health Association um I would love to put a plug in for them Um, really great uh, resources for everyone in Canada. They have crisis centers, they have counselors, they have a crisis line, they have an online chats function. And, you know, if there's any, I did my birthday fundraiser for them. If there's any like money you want to donate or can donate, I know people are having a hard, yeah, a hard time right now in terms of COVID. Like a lot of people are making money. Please don't feel obligated, but um, I would love to plug them. So yeah, if you are, and if you're interested in uh, talking further to me specifically about anything we've talked about, please feel free to message me on Instagram um, at Laura Forster, and uh, awesome. I will definitely respond. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I love talking to people. So as you know, as the name of the podcast goes, and I'd love to be on. Thank you, Mallory, for having me. I You're really welcome. had a lot of fun, and I I would love to do this again. Um, obviously, if people don't hate me when they listen to the podcast, too, I promise. Yeah, but um, thank you so much for having me. It was really fun. I liked I'm it a lot. I'm so happy that I got to be the person to let you do your first podcast with. This is such yeah. a a great platform, and I think it's a medium that I really didn't know existed. And then once I started doing it, I was like, wow, I'm I can actually do this. I didn't mm-hmm. think I ever had a podcast voice, but I guess so. I think it's great. I've listened to your podcast and. I can't believe the quality, given that you record on a Mac. It's great. Yeah, honestly, like, use what you have. And, yeah, so before we ramble, because it's been uh, two hours, it might not yeah. when I edit it. But thank you so much to everyone for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.